Hey there, Tony here again with the Words and Music of Faith, Hope, and Love podcast. And uh, that's where I come to you each week and bring you some of the stuff that I wrote about on uh, on my website, TonyFunderberg.com. And uh, I encourage you to go over there and read this stuff too, because there's a lot of other things available there. And um, you can even sign up for my newsletter, where uh, I might add that you'd get three free songs right away. And you'll see a little sign there that says subscribe to the Tony Funderburg newsletter. It's a little cartoon character of me with my red tennis shoes on. Subscribe to the Tony Funderburg. Ah, subscribe. Can't even say my own name. Subscribe to the Tony Funderburg newsletter and never miss a post. Plus, you'll get three free songs right away and a friend for life. <laughs> so go over there and check out the little cartoon character of me and put your email address in there and you'll get this stuff. Uh, you get a whole bunch of stuff. So I encourage you to do that. It'd be great. I'm going to dive right in with the uh, uh, where I started last week, um, uh, talking about, let's see, where was I here? Still in, um, oh no, actually I went into the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, and uh, this first part is uh, talking about being called into fellowship. When you're called into fellowship with Jesus, consider it a blessing and a responsibility, and answer the call with confidence. And if you read the website, uh, I mean, if you read my post on the website, this article, you'd see a little picture there of um, an iPhone. And uh, those of you who have that, you know, when a call's coming in, you got these two buttons that say decline or answer. Decline is in red and answer is in green. And and I use that as sort of a um, uh, an illustration to show you, hey, it's Jesus calling. Uh, are you going to decline the call or are you going to answer the call? The problem is... Most decline the call. Most. And that's such a shame because when you consider the awesome gift Jesus bought for you and he wants to give you, why would you rather turn that down? Imagine eternal life in paradise where you'll never fear death and dying again. Imagine getting to work on your wonderful talents forever. Imagine living in a place where no one wants to take your possessions or hurt your loved ones or kill you. Well, it's a real place, and it's a place where, to quote Paul, you come short in no gift, and where Jesus will confirm you, and where you'll be blameless. It's a perfect place. There is almost infinitely more evidence that Jesus existed and was, and is, who he said he was, than there is for your own existence. Even in his dying moments, he confirmed paradise to another man on a cross next to him. This eternal life in paradise that Jesus talked about is offered through amazing grace. I'm so grateful to God for his tender mercies. I need that amazing grace. And if you've found it too, then like Paul said to the Corinthians, I thank my God for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. And if you haven't discovered and received this amazing grace, I want you to be fully aware that you won't be able to tell God you were never called into fellowship. Please believe me. He may say something like, I called you into fellowship many times, and each time you declined. Well, don't let yourself get caught in that position, especially when it's so easy to avoid it. The next time you hear the call... Just answer it. It's that easy. 
Now, another thing that uh, Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians, he asked the question, is Christ divided? And he was doing this because, well, I'll just get right into it. He asked the people of Corinth, is Christ divided? That's because he'd heard that some of them were saying things like, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas. So Paul was strongly reminding them that they could be of one. They could only be of one, Jesus. And why was it so important to Paul that the Corinthians, as he said, all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you? Well, probably because he knew that division and sectarianism, in other words, part of a group, would lead to confusion. And he knew that the world would be watching this new Christian faith. I'm confident that Paul must have thought about how confusion within the followers of Jesus would most certainly lead to confusion by anyone interested in learning about Jesus. It was vital to Paul that the Corinthians understood the message of the gospel was much more important than keeping all or parts of the law. And the message of the gospel then was the same message we have today, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us. And whosoever believes in his son shall have everlasting life. Wouldn't you say that message rises far above whether or not you're baptized? Well, Paul certainly did, and I totally agree with him. If you're a Christian, I hope you'll do all you can to, as Paul said, be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment with me. God's own words in John 3.16 speak of love and belief for and in His Son. When you have those, you have life abundantly and eternally. That's the message of the cross, too. If you're one of those people choosing to go your own way, even into the eternal future, the message of the cross, found in Christian teaching, probably sounds silly to you. Maybe you think Christians are fools to follow such antiquated teachings. Well, here's a shocker for you. You're right. You're right, that is, if Christians are wrong. Now, let me put it this way. If I'm following a worldview based on myths and legends and out-of-date information, if I'm dedicated to a lie, I'm a fool. And I'll just have to deal with the consequences of following this silly ideology. But here's the catch. The opposite is true, too. If you're dedicated to a worldview that's in opposition to Christianity, and if Christianity proves to be true, then you're the fool. The message of the cross is simple. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's huge love. If you've never read or heard the story of how that love was played out, you need to hear it. Let me share my simple-minded take on that. I believe it's true. I want it to be true. I need that truth. So does every other human being on the planet. They just don't all know it, or for that matter, seem to even care. Most people aspire to attain their own perfection, their own paradise, their own salvation. They believe they'll achieve enough wisdom 
to do so? Well, my recommendation is this. Don't waste your life in quest of perfection. Instead, seek the one who is perfect and has made a way for you to live with him in paradise forever. Don't waste time looking for signs and wonders. Instead, seek a relationship with your creator, a relationship overflowing with love. What's the worst that could happen? Seriously, let me know what you think is the worst that could happen. Maybe you think that you'd be one of those foolish things of the world. You know, uh, that's talked about in 1 Corinthians also. And I can say this, I am not glorious. I'm not in any way, shape, or form. In fact, you might even say I'm one of the foolish things of the world. Something that Paul wrote. Well, here's how it lays out. I'm not wise, mighty, or noble. Not as the world sees wise, mighty, and noble anyway. In fact, the more I stand up and speak the truth of the Bible, the more foolish I seem to most people in the world. But I'm okay with that. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. You see, it's like this. If you think yourself wise, yet say there is no God, your wisdom is actually foolish. It's self-defeating. In order for anyone to say there is no God, that person would have to know everything there is to know about everything there is in the universe. And in order to know that much, a person would have to be God. Therefore, there'd be a God and you'd be that person. Self-defeating. Self-defeating arguments abound in a world that does its best to wash away God with so-called intellect and science. The ironic thing is, there wouldn't be any intellect or science without an uncaused first cause. And I capitalize first and capitalize cause. And that's to symbolize God. He is the the uncaused first cause. Now chew on that for a minute. I'll come back to it. The only true wisdom we humans can attain must have its origin in the one who designed us. The one who, as the psalmist wrote in Psalms, the one who knit me together in my mother's womb. To take the creator of the universe out of the picture is folly at best and damning to others at worst. Look, I believe everyone believes in a God. Whether they determine that God to be their own abilities, or a force that covers all there is, or merely some higher power. My suggestion is to take a closer look at the God, the God, of the Bible. When you see the overwhelming evidence of His existence in all of creation, in manuscripts, in archaeology, in prophecies, and in science and statistical probabilities, well, I believe you'll want to, as Paul wrote, glory in the Lord. I, I just don't see how you wouldn't want to. And I don't call this um, a sales pitch. This isn't just slick talk. If I tried to nudge you toward Jesus with slick talk, $3 words, and quick flurries of facts, I might succeed at getting you to think I was an excellent speaker, but I'd fail at what should be my goal. And that's the demonstration of the power of God.
Well, let's look at it this way. Let's say I told you a rags-to-riches story of a guy who started out on the wrong path. This guy decided everything in life was created especially for him. He stepped on and over anyone who got in his way. He made sure he went to the best school, the best corporations. Oh, sure, he succeeded in the world of commerce and high finance. But his relationships suffered. Does this story sound familiar so far? This guy knows everything there is to know about wheeling and dealing stocks and commodities and time management. He can turn a few details into a 45-minute slick talk. And he can put a spit shine on a cesspool. People buy into his hype, but no one buys into his hope because he doesn't have any to sell. Now let's say I tell you a story of a guy who talks to people and not at them. He relates to them acknowledging his own shortcomings and weaknesses. He lets them know he's just like them, looking for answers and gloriously happy when he finds them. He knows that his own skills or way with words isn't the focus. The focus is on what others need and finding a way to share with them that they can understand and appreciate. That's powerful. That works. If I tell you how wonderful, how powerful, how special I am, I become nothing more than a miserable failure, no matter how much money and power I gain. But when I share how the spirit of life is available to you, to everyone, and that your faith should never be in me but in the power of God, I don't need slick talk. God's grace is sufficient. Now, maybe you've looked back over your life and at some point said, if I only knew then what I know now. I mean, surely that's happened to you, right? You learned some awesome information or a valuable lesson, and you just almost automatically say to yourself, if only I knew then what I know now. Of course, we say that thinking we would have or could have avoided all those mistakes if we only knew then what we know now. And of course, that's not true. We might have avoided a mistake or two, but given our track records, I'm certain we would have made other mistakes, and maybe just as bad or worse. But that's all based on what our limited human nature knows and understands. Fortunately, there's a deeper and higher level of understanding things we can attain through the Spirit of God. Your eyes can't see these things, your ears can't even hear these things, and even your heart can't comprehend these things these things I'm talking about are the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. No one can know these things simply by gathering or building mountains of intellect. No one can buy or borrow these things. Yet, these things are freely given by the Spirit of God to anyone who chooses to love Him. Through His Spirit, we can receive the things of God and they make sense. But to the man or woman steeped in the so-called spirituality of this world, you hear that word a lot, it all sounds silly, judgmental, sometimes even hateful to them. But before you judge me too harshly, consider this. When I share the message that the only way to eternal life is through trust and faith in Jesus, it's because I love my fellow human beings enough to tell them. And I know it won't win me any popularity contest, but if it's true, and it is, I'm not loving you to keep that from you. 
Once I became a Christian, I tapped into the mind of Christ. With access to that wisdom, only selfishness could keep my lips sealed. And so I write and sing about the wonderful paradise to come. I'd love for you to be there too. All you need to do is acknowledge these things. There is a God. You're not Him. And He loves you so much He made the ultimate sacrifice in order for you to live with Him forever. If you want to. I sure hope you don't end up somewhere thinking, if I only knew then what I know now. See, the love of God is better than mine. It's better than yours. It's better than everyone's put together. It's better because His love doesn't have time or physical limits, and He sees us fully, body, soul, and spirit. My love, it has a time limit. It will only last in this world for a relatively short time, and my physical body will wind down, give out, and expire. So despite what social media and marketing experts say, don't follow me. Well, not in the philosophical sense anyway. Keep following this podcast and my, uh, my website. Uh, please, please, don't stop that. But my faith, hope, and love spring out of the living water from my Creator. Yours should too. I love having you on my website, reading my articles, and listening to this podcast, and supporting my words and music. But ultimately, your goal should be to go directly to the source, the Bible. The words there are God-breathed. They come from God, they're inspired by God, and they're able to sustain your spirit. I can't do that for you. You can't do it for me. I can only point you in the right direction. Faith, hope, and love without trust and reliance on God are like milk to a baby. The milk will nourish the baby very well, but at some point, the baby will begin to need solid food. And here's here's an analogy I like. The Word of God is like a juicy ribeye steak from grass-fed beef. You ever had one of those? Grass-fed beef is rich in omega-3. Omega-3 is a fatty acid essential to the health of the human body, but the human body can't make its own. And here's the connection. Jesus is called the Alpha and Omega. And that Omega is essential to the eternal health of the human spirit. And the human spirit can't make its own. So, my suggestion to you today is put down the, as Paul said, the Envy, strife, and divisions among you. And, here's a real key one, as he said, stop behaving like mere men. Okay? Don't just be a mere mortal. Know that the Spirit of God is living in you. And if you don't know that, if you don't have that, seek that Spirit. Have Him come into you and change you so that you're not just a mere mortal anymore. Then, cook yourself a delicious steak with some fruits and vegetables, of course, and read some verses in the Bible as you eat. Your body and spirit will thank you. Okay, that does it for this week's uh, episode of my Words and Music of Faith, Hope, and Love podcast. I hope you'll tune in uh, again next week, The Lord Willing and the Creek Don't Rise. Um, I'll be sharing again with you the articles and... uh, 
opinions and editorials and op-eds and all that kind of stuff that I'm writing on my website. And if you'd like to get to it a little quicker, of course, you can go over to TonyFunderburk.com, T-O-N-Y-F-U-N-D-E-R-B-U-R-K.com, and uh, read them each day as they come out. So uh, this week's podcast, uh, I forgot to note, is a couple of days late because I had some hosting um Oh, uh, there were some problems on the hosting service. Uh, they let me know that there was some latency, meaning things were a little tied up and sluggish and slow, and uh, I couldn't get things uh, uploaded as quickly as I wanted to this week. But, hey, I'm still here. So uh, I'll be back with you again next week. And until then, God bless. <laughs>